Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One, two, three. Eric, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> That's so old-fashioned radio. One, two, three. Test, test, test. Mic, test, it's mic. fail safe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm happy to hear uh, laughter because... It's not been a, you know, I mean, we we have to laugh even amid the worst moments. So, <laughs> and you you're having some pretty tough moments right now. What's going on over there? Well, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's hard to know. I mean, all you know is from what you hear with your ears, and uh, so I'll describe. Right now, I'm in the city of Kharkiv, uh, which before the war was the second largest city in Ukraine. Uh, you know, this is a bustling city of. Uh, probably 1.2 million people before the war. Uh, I came here in January uh, before this started, and it was one of my favorite cities in the world. Entrepreneurial, bustling, energetic. And right now, I'm overlooking the city from my hotel room, and I can see the stars like I'm at the Outer Banks in North Carolina or like I'm in the Mm, mountains mm. because the entire city is dark. The entire city is dark. The streets are quiet. Um, from about 6 p.m. when the sun sets, you have to walk with a flashlight. Um, and we, we're we only 30 miles from Russia, <laughs> which, you know, even to say those words, you know, it really hits home. Uh, 30 miles from Mordor, from, you know, from, from the evil empire here. And uh, Arrow, about an hour ago, uh, we, we, had, we, we have air alarms all the time here. Mm. Um, but the past couple, uh, I would say today was pretty calm. Yesterday was pretty calm. Uh, but then about an hour ago, massive, uh, a massive thud that you can feel in your body and your soul. Uh, you may feel it everywhere. Uh, so uh, a missile hit quite close. Mm. And after the after the missile hit, the air raid alarm sounded because we were so close to Russia that the, the alert system is not always, you know, Sometimes the missile hits, and then you hear the alarm. Uh, and so that's sort of the threat uh, that you face here in this city. And then the alarm sounded, and maybe probably 40 seconds later, another another massive thud, um, quite close. And uh, and then I, I uh, within minutes, I had text uh, from friends all over Ukraine saying, you know, we hear that Kharkiv is being hit. Um, and indeed, Kharkiv was hit tonight. Um, probably close to the center. We don't know details yet. Um, and then just a few minutes ago, I heard additional sound. And, and as I'm looking out the window, I mean, every I see light on the street. I mean, every 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 tiny noise, every different change in light, your senses are alert. And you look and you watch. <laughs> this is what it's like being here. Mm. 
I was with Jim Brickman today. I don't know if you know who Jim Brickman is. The, no, I don't. He's a one of the greatest musicians of all time. And right. I, well, I, 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 I should know him, yeah. I, I, I talked about him i talked about you with him today and and that that what what you're doing and stuff and he is so inspired by how you are there because of the calling of of, of just staying connected to real people at all times uh and i'm looking him up now jim brickman he what uh I got. I got to know more about his music. Uh, is he from North Carolina? No, he's from. He's basically a global artist. He, you know, uh-huh. Jim Brickman is is one of the greatest pianists of all time, and and it's like it's like and and we we were talking. And he's re- just released a brand new album, oh. and proceeds from it are going to Ukraine. No way! And now I look him up because I know I've heard his music. He's played with everyone from. Uh, Carly Simon. That's uh, it. That's it. That's it. Lady Antebella, Martina McBride, Donny Osmond, Olivia Newton-John. And his new uh, collection of Christmas music is going to Ukraine because Zelensky, oh, wow. Zelensky said, where there is silence, place music. Yeah. I'm so happy you remember that quote from, from Zelensky because that's, uh, I mean, that, that's the spirit of the Ukrainians. And, you know, when I'm back in Lviv in the West, you know, there, there's music in the streets. Uh, you don't see that here in Kharkiv, but people still have humor. They still laugh. They still joke. And as I'm walking through the streets of the city uh, before curfew, you know, like maybe say, say like 6 p.m., the streets are dark and often there's, there's blackouts um, for huge portions of the city because of the Russian attacks on the infrastructure. But you'll see in the distance, like, uh, for example, this one Georgian restaurant, the country of Georgia, and there's a restaurant, and they blast music into the street. And it's just very jovial, joyful music, kind of French, kind of Georgian. And you can't see anything because it's so dark, but you hear this music in the distance, and you feel like it's like a, a floating record in outer space. Mm. You know, and then you're swimming throughout a space and you, you listen to the music to get to the source. And then you step in to this restaurant that to the outside looks like, you know, it's closed like everything else. And you step inside and it's kind of like the Beetlejuice portal. Mm. You know, like you, you step into another world and, and but inside there's this great hospitality and, and people people joke and laugh. And um, I walked in, I said to, to the waitress, I said, you know, how are you today? And she, she crossed herself and said, so far, so good. Mm. You know, I mean, it's you know, and, and with with the laugh, you know, and, and this is, um, but it it is music uh, that it's such a part of the Ukrainian soul and culture. Uh, but it's music, I think, has been one of the main things that's kept Ukrainians going. And before the uh, in September, when the Ukrainians had the great offensive that they kept secret, they they, they 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 you know they secretly planned this for months, and they had the offensive in Kharkiv region, the same place where I am right now. When they were able to push back the Russians, um, it really makes. I mean, some people say this is one of the greatest battles, probably the greatest battle since World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, the way they push them back, and there was a moment, and someone took a video of this because you, you can document this whole war in social media. Ukrainian soldiers, right before they went into this huge battle, they gathered in a forest, and there was a violinist who played the Ukrainian national anthem. Mm. And, 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 and and this, you know, and I think some Americans watch that and like, oh, this looks like it's scripted and staged. But no, this is 
people need like before you go into the battle of your life music's music helps you you, you need it. It, it you know it boosts your spirit and um it's you know like i mean all of us like you go for a run you listen to music to pump yourself up well when you go to a fight you need music and if you can have musicians play for you um it makes all the difference and so the ukrainians music has never evaporated from ukraine uh during this time because it it, it is vital and so i look forward to listening to this 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 album uh in honor of ukraine joe we are in a state here in the united states right now where we are only a couple of weeks away from the midterm elections and when yeah. if the republicans take over the house I, I'm not sure you're going to get the money that you need. I, I'm I'm so afraid of that. How do you react over there? Well, I'm sorry, I'm listening again here. Uh, because Errol, this, I'm glad, this is a great question because there's two levels to this. One, um, you know, we hear about all the like hundred billion dollars that's come to Ukraine. Uh, Washington always plays games and tricks with money, right? And uh, most of that hundred, you know, hundred billion plus has not actually arrived in Ukraine. A lot of that goes to American defense contractors, mm. and some of some of that money is spent to buy, you know. So, uh, uh, United States sent old weapons to America. I'm mean, sorry, to to Ukraine. And I'm sorry, I, I stuttered because I'm listening out the window for any noise because every tiny noise makes you jump, you know. Yep. Um. So, uh, but. So the United States sent old weapons, which have been very helpful, like the HIMARS, uh, you know, these long-range uh, uh, um, uh, artillery uh, to Ukraine. But then in these Ukraine spending bills, they include money to buy new weapons for America that they were going to buy anyway. But they fold it into Ukraine to kind of hide it. You know, so it's not a new defense spending package, but it goes into the Ukraine package. And so what the effect of this is that, yeah, the United States is supporting Ukraine. Could be better, but, you know, pretty good. But because they add all this other stuff to the to the spending packages, Americans get tired of it. And they think that they're giving Ukraine all this money when most of that money is going to American businesses. Mm. Um, and, and, and to government, you know, to, to defense contractors and to the Pentagon uh, for, for new American weapons that we were going to purchase anyway. Uh, and so this is the typical games we have in Washington. So we have that element. But then with, unfortunately, with a lot of the, so, so Putin's propaganda is pretty brilliant. And he's functioning on two tracks. He's reaching um, a lot of American so-called conservatives, somehow convincing them that Ukraine is uh, this completely corrupt, you know, uh, and, and so, you know, and he says it's a Nazi country, but then he says it's a left wing country. I mean, if you, if you examine it, his rhetoric doesn't make any sense. But many American conservatives uh, are skeptical of Ukraine uh, and they support Russia instead. And the reality is Ukraine is a very free society. It's one of the lowest vaccinated countries in the world, which I think a lot of these conservatives would appreciate if they knew about it. In fact, most Ukrainians I know who were vaccinated against coronavirus, their certificates are fake. Mm. Because this is how deeply Ukrainians mistrust the government. They're very dependent on each other and very independent of government. Uh, and so the, all the story gets completely missed. And so you have American conservatives believing Putin's propaganda about Ukraine, that Ukraine is some kind of globalist nation. Ukraine is not globalist at all. It's, this is a country of people that know how to grow things and how to make things. Uh, it's extremely independent. And then Putin 
very smartly also, unfortunately, is able to reach American liberals because they tend to support Ukraine. They love the idea of Ukraine, but he scares them with the nuclear rhetoric. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so, mm-hmm. so, so this is why, for example, uh, you had uh, last week, uh, 30 uh, mem- the members of the House Progressive Congress signed a letter, inclu- including Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, uh, and many others, signed a letter asking President Biden to, 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 to stop giving Ukraine weapons, you know, to, to, to tone it down, because, because they were afraid of the nuclear threat. Now, they ended up withdrawing this letter, but you can see that Putin knows how to press the buttons of all different sides to make everyone opposed uh, to Ukraine. And, and really, the best way to say it is, like, not, not just opposed to Ukraine, but opposed to people who are free. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and because if Ukraine, if Ukraine falls, you know, the Baltic nations are next. The yep. Poles are yep. next. Yep. And this yep. is why everyone I talk to in those countries, like, for them, this is black and white and totally clear because they are terrified. Mm, mm, mm. But but the big news this week has been based on the grain. And it was very interesting to see how Russia pulled out of it, but now they're back into it again. How important is that grain from Ukraine? Well, the, the, from what, like, uh, so many Western and American and European officials, uh, they, they say, uh, you know, uh, Putin is weaponizing food. He's weaponizing oil. Yep, yep. He's weaponizing energy, uh, and including the grain. He's weaponizing grain. Because, you, you, I mean, Ukraine, for example, uh, half of the United Nations uh, World Hunger Program supply comes from Ukraine. Ukraine supplies poor countries in Africa, uh, for example. And so this is a huge problem. Uh, for, for, you know, for, for, for the world. But but when Western nations, they say Putin is weaponizing food. But and when, whenever they say that, I realize they don't understand what's happening because, of course, he's he's weaponizing everything. Like he, he, he's trying to win. And everything is a weapon. Everything is on the table. And for some, it, it strikes me very strangely, Arrow, that, you know, people get mad when he weaponizes food. But meanwhile... Every day since February 24th, he's been bombing the hell out of men, women, and children. Like, he's weaponizing weapons. You know, <laughs> like, it's like they try to make it like this is a new red line that you can't cross. Right. Oh, well, right. it's okay to blow the shit out of human beings, but it's not okay to disrupt global supply chains. Like, well, the whole thing is wrong. The whole thing is bad. Uh, Putin is an evil menace. Um, and so, this is a problem, I think, with, with some of the Western uh, rhetoric. Uh, but all that notwithstanding, uh, you know, the United Nations and Turkey brokered a deal months ago for uh, to, to allow safe passage of Ukrainian ships from Odessa and other ports through the Black Sea. Uh, Russia several days ago said we no longer will honor this deal. And the United Nations and Turkey and Ukraine held their ground and said we're still going to we're still going to do it. And, and I think it, it was a game of chicken. Mm-hmm. And Russia said uh, today, is okay. Well, we we we're not gonna, we're not going to blow up the ships. Uh, and so that's it, it's a very tenuous situation. I don't trust anything that comes out of the Kremlin. Mm-hmm. But uh, but those grain shipments are still happening. Yeah. I I was just recently with one of Donald Trump's uh, uh, European ambassadors, and we talked about Ukraine. And my biggest question to him was. How? Why is Don, why is Putin putting himself in a position where he's destroying a country? He doesn't have the money to rebuild the country. 
Well, well first, wait, which, to, ambassador to which country? Can you tell me? Well, it was European. And and so oh. I'm sitting here looking at all my notes and stuff like that right now. And and the thing is, is that the but but I was amazed that his biggest question was 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 how why would Putin invest in all of this old time uh, warfare when technology is is where the war really is? Well, well a couple of things. I mean, one, I mean, Ukraine is is actually an extremely developed nation. I mean, for, you know, for example, even in the wartime that. The railroads are amazing. Like I, I'd rather take a Ukrainian train in wartime than Amtrak <laughs> in peacetime in America. I mean, it, it's efficient and effective, and um, uh, Ukraine has amazing infrastructure. Uh, and and I think this part of it is Putin's jet. Like the city I am in is a Russian-speaking city that's clean and before the war prosperous and beautiful and entrepreneurial. Like it sounds like an American dream city. Uh, and I think Putin, he, he's jealous of this because he's been unable to create this in Russia. And mm-hmm. I think this goes back to the whole history of Russia. Russia has been a destructive nation. And when you read all the Russian, uh, finally, Ariel, I realize this. I, stu- I studied so much Russian literature in college. Um, Russia has been a destructive nation. I mean, you read this in Dostoevsky and Tolstoy. It's, it's a nation of people that have not found a way how to create, only how to destroy. And so... Uh, and, and, and I think part of the reason, like, you know, the infrastructure attacks on Ukraine, uh, a lot of Westerners thought that that would happen back in March in the beginning of the war. But Russia did not attack Ukrainian infrastructure in, for, until eight months of the war. Right. And right. I think the reason why is because he was jealous of Ukrainian infrastructure. Mm-hmm. He was hoping that he could overtake Ukraine and have this amazing, beautiful, effective infrastructure. And finally, have some kind of decent society that they don't have in Russia. Uh, and only now, after eight months of you know his in frustration, now he's bombing the hell out of Ukrainian infrastructure because he realizes he can't take Ukraine. But but that tells us that that you know he he, he wants to destroy the Ukrainian people. Right. But he want he wanted everything that they built. The 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 U.S. ambassador was Gordon uh, Sondland from Europe. Oh, well, I don't know him, but, but I mean, yeah, he makes a good point. And I think this is this is, this is a good thing to focus on because we get like we go deeper and figure out what, what are Putin's real motives. But he talks about NATO. It's not there was no chance that Ukraine would be part of NATO. Not not at all. And if you look, why? If you look why? At all, why? 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 I thought NATO was the place. But, but, but this is, I mean, if you look at, for example, uh, the White House in January, when, when Biden took office, January 2021, uh, they made it very clear they had no interest in Ukraine being part of NATO. Uh, Ukraine wanted to be in NATO, but NATO countries had zero interest uh, wow. in Ukraine. And wow. so, 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 so this is, but Putin, when, when he was telling the world that he's going to take over Ukraine, it was much, it's, it's, it's more palatable. Uh, to say, oh, because because of NATO, because I'm afraid that you know you're gonna you're gonna bring Ukraine to NATO and then you're gonna threaten Russia. That's what he told the world because it's a bit more unpal. It's a much more unpalatable to say uh, I want to go to war against Ukraine because I hate Ukraine and I want genocide. You know, like, that's that's his real motive. But he said NATO, and then. Our stupid media and the world just kind of listens to what, you know, we, we don't realize how we get swept up into the propaganda. We have to step back and say, wait a second, you know, but before February 24th, 
And I mean, you can and you can look at all the news articles and all the press statements. There was no desire. NATO had no desire to include Ukraine. In fact, they were very much anti-Ukraine. They they denigrated Ukraine. They 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 would say, oh no, you're not ready for it. You know, many many years from now. And remember, I mean, Angela Merkel in Germany in 2008 said, no no, there's no chance Ukraine can be in NATO. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing about the, 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 this idea that Putin's invading Ukraine because he's afraid of NATO. Well, actually, it's a lie. See, this goes along with what I talked about with Gordon Sondland, is, is the fact that he said that Germany will not participate. And I really want, I'm going, wait, 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 because Russia says that the, that the Nazis are coming in and aren't the Nazis part of Germany? And if Sondland says that, no, they don't want to participate with this, what, what's the story here then? Well, this uh, the, the Nazi writer. I mean, it's look. Uh, here's so Arrow last week. Uh, this these are is very sort of scary and weird and bizarre. The the Russian Orthodox Church, which is controlled by Putin, so it's his puppet church. The leader of the church declared Putin the exorcist in chief, and and Putin said he he changed his rhetoric. He says. They're no longer going for the denazification of Ukraine. They're going for the des. This is, I, I can I can't pronounce this word. They're trying to unsatanize Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What what what? And then and, and two days later, um, the leader of the Chechen um, uh, the Chechen army, which is uh, a part of Russia and a close ally of Putin, he says we are on a jihad against Ukraine, and so they're cloaking it in in, in these sort of these you know religious war terms. But th- th- this is what's so chilling. They, they, this, uh, pu- pu- how do you say? Okay, the devil is the father of lies, right? The devil pretends that he's, you know, the angel, and 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 this is exactly what Putin is doing because you have, you know, his regime. For, and for example, take the city of the Ukrainian city of Bakhmut. Before the war, population seventy thousand. The Russians have been three miles from this city since May, but they've been unable to advance. And so instead, they have shelled the hell out of that city mm. every single day and night from May until now. That is diabolical. That is evil. I mean, there's no other word for it. And and yet you have the leader of the Russian so-called church calling Putin the fighter against evil. And then this, you know, this, this is exactly sort of, I mean, it's diabolical, exactly what they're doing. And, um, uh, and so the same when they call Ukrainians Nazis, Ukrainians fought in World War II, they fought the, the communists and they fought the Nazis, um, and and they've been in the middle of this, uh, you know, for, for so long. And this is uh, uh, the the you know Nazi ideology is grounded in hate. It's a victim mentality. It's everything that Russia is today. Um, and I, I actually, I think the heart of it is the victim mentality. You know, the, the Nazis blamed the Jews for their problems, and they said we need a scapegoat. Mm. And the Russians they do the same with Ukraine. They say, oh, our society is garbage, which it is. They, they haven't built a nice society. And so they blame Ukraine for all their problems. Um, and it, it's such a strong parallel with what Hitler did uh, in the 1930s. Mm, 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 mm. Wow. The arrow is scary, man. I mean, we're, we're dealing, and, and I've, I'm 30 miles from the border with that horrible country. Like, I mean, uh, I, I, it, it, even to be this close, it is scary and terrifying to know that, you know, there's still such evil 
in the world. And, you know, I heard the sound effects of that evil uh, tonight, just an hour ago. Mm. I, I, I was at the world premiere of Banshee last night, which is the latest movie from Colin Farrell. And it deals with... Uh, uh, um, Ireland being at war and you hear the bombs mm-hmm. in the background and stuff. I mean, right away when I heard those bombs, I thought of you. I, I just can't imagine where you are and where this movie will put people when they when they start to realize that that war is everywhere. Well, and, and, and I, I want to see that movie. But, you know, as, as a you know, Irishman, you know, uh, Irish heritage myself, I see such strong similarities between, I mean, for, for for centuries, and now I mean England's an amazing nation and, and incredible. But for centuries, the British oppressed the Irish people, uh, and it was the same with Moscow. The way they oppressed the Ukrainians, they they banned their language, they banned their religion and their culture, um, and, and and that is still you know what 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 the rest of the West got over a hundred years ago. Uh, the, Russia is still in that colonial past, and, and this is what we're dealing with here. But but Joe, let me ask you a question because the one thing that I uh, that I kept uh, uh, hearing from those that saw the movie last night was, well, that's the way that it is. The Catholics are the Catholics, and I thought, no, that's not the way that it is. We 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 can find peace in these streets, but but the grudges that we hold against even our brothers has got to stop. Yeah, Errol, exactly. And I've had this conversation so many times with Ukrainians because you know a, a big. All right. Obviously, everyone's angry at, at the Russian invaders, uh, but we, you know, we have to check ourselves so we don't become so hateful mm-hmm. that it overtakes us. And you know, it's a, since the beginning of the war, uh, Ukrainian almost I think every Ukrainian has described this war in terms of Tolkien's Lord of the Rings. So that casually in the coffee shops on the streets. The Russians are the orcs. They, they, they call them orcs because they're monsters, right? And Ukraine, before the war, was a peaceful shire. It was such a... There was hardly any crime. Like, you could walk the streets at night safely. You know, it was it was the shire. And, uh, and this is... Sorry, I'm listening. Everything's fine. Okay, anyway. So this is the, the, the sort of the, the environment we've been in. But then uh, I have a friend. Uh, she's a piano player, and she she was she became worried about some of the angry rhetoric of some of the people here, understandably. But she said we must be we must guard against our anger. We must. She said, let's remember Lord of the Rings. She mm. said we must be wise like the elves. We must be wise like the elves. We must maintain our culture, our human decency, our dignity, our humor, and. and and I, I, you know, I, and I see this. This is why every time, I think it's hard, hard for the outside world to see, but when people see people in Ukrainians singing and dancing, they're like, oh, there must be no war. No, no, that is one of the greatest acts of resistance. That's how you maintain your humanity right. in the face of evil, that you don't let the evil overtake your soul. And, 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 and that's kind of the personal battle that everyone here has to fight. Yeah, Jim Brickman told me today, with, with you being there, because we talked about you, Joe, and, and he said that it's not about the history of what the music was in Ukraine, but rather where the, the music is going to grow from this moment. Because, because as, as life changes in Ukraine, the music, the art, the festivals will change as we grow forward. And he was so proud that, 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 that he knew that you were there. 
Wow, man, I'm so happy to hear that, uh, truly. And because uh, uh, and I, I love how, I mean, what he said is exactly right. This is uh, the, you know, because like, everyone has difficult, complicated histories. Um, same that Ireland, you know. The IRA had a lot of problems, for example. And, yep. But but the, but Ukraine, especially from the 2014 Revolution of Dignity, individual Ukrainian people said, we choose not to be serfs, not to be slaves. We choose to live in cooperation and democracy. And they made that choice. They started to write a new melody, uh, uh, which is deeply grounded in their ancient traditions of freedom, but they wrote it in a new way, uh, in, in a new harmony. And that's everything this country built. And the that's why Russia's invading, because Ukrainian people became... They wrote a melody, a song about themselves, in which no one else could control them. Well, I do believe I, I, I do believe that that you two and and even the Sex Pistols would not be if they would not have experienced what they have done. Yeah, I, 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 and I, you know exactly. I think I've already begun to see this. You see great art come out of um, out of very difficult times. Right, and um, uh, I'll share I, I'll share some songs with you. Uh, from friends who've composed music in this time and I've talked to some friends about and I think you would appreciate this given your appreciation for um, uh, Julia Cameron's uh, The mm -hmm. Artist's Way uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, ex-wife wrote that amazing book um, but this idea of uh, when there's an air raid alarm you don't know that's the last, your last time on this earth and so if there's ever is there anything you never did or, you know, words you never wrote, or a song you never composed, or a picture you never painted. That's the time to do it, because mm -hmm. that's all you got, perhaps. And mm -hmm. so you have this, you have this kind of uh, air raid alarm uh, creativity, uh, and that's leading to uh, yeah. I, I, there's a lot of great art coming out of Ukraine now, uh, mm -hmm. because you 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 are faced with these questions very intensely, and you, you might not have any more time. So how do you deal personally with the news that was released today that North Korea is sending missiles to Russia so they can use it on the war field? Uh, the, only, Aaron, the only thing I can say to that is uh, we, we, we need strong leaders in the world now. And, and this, is, this, is, um, this is difficult because I, I, we don't have that, in, you know, unfortunately we don't have that in Washington. I mean, I, you know, that's, we need... A president who's very like, you know, I saw a speech from Reagan in 1964 talking about nuclear threats. We, you know, we, we need someone who's sharp and clear and mm -hmm. quick. Mm -hmm. um, uh, in the UK, perhaps a new prime minister. You know, maybe I have, some, you know, I have some hope that maybe you know he could be a strong leader. Um, but against an enemy like Putin, against a crazy guy uh, like the leader of North Korea, again, you see what's happening in Beijing. So you know, it's. You know, taking more and more power there. Um, we need strong leaders, and I I'm worried. I'm worried about the elections next week. Uh, I don't see. I don't geez, see many people geez, on the horizon. I, I voted. Be... I voted today. I'm totally with you on that. I I made sure that my vote was heard today. Yeah, did you vote for Churchill? Do you have a Churchill? <laughs> I don't know if we do. Yeah, right. I wish there was a Churchill available. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we got one right now. Yeah. Not in this country. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it's got to be the people. We have to rise up. We got to keep rising up and, and connecting. And but but that's the thing. Like a hundred years ago, it was impossible. But now maybe we don't necessarily need such. I mean, it'd be helpful to have such leaders. But but. 
the way we can all be connected um, gives us the power. Um, like the women of Iran. Oh uh, my Ukraine, God, you're and, so right about that. Yeah, I think that that's if we if we can, that's where we can find our power. But we have we have to con- we have to connect these dots. Like so often, for example, on Fox the other day, I was listening to people I know, you know, praising the women of Iran. Right now, you can't praise the women of Iran without mentioning Ukraine. You have to you have to connect these things because it's the same struggle. Mm-hmm. And if we if we divide it, then we lose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, and and that's where we are in this place of history. It's 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 not necessarily a national thing; it's a global thing, and we have got to show up as a global people rather than just a, a community. Exactly, yeah, you're right. Wow, and um, it's it's difficult, but. We, we keep trying. We keep chipping away at it. So well, I, I I'm not a fan of that word trying because in martial arts we don't try, we do, and and so okay. that, that that's the thing that we have to we we have got to make sure that we do. So where can people go to make sure that they can continue to put into your into your movement because it's it's not a profit. It, you are you are community driven and you are building something over there that affects people's lives. Yeah, Arrow, we're, we're all volunteers, and in fact, in a few hours, um, uh, you know, er, everything being calm enough, you know, we, we, you can't plan at all in wartime, but in a few hours, we're going on a humanitarian mission uh, to deliver uh, food and water uh, to recently liberated villages. But yeah, if anyone wants to support us, you can go to ukrainianfreedomnews.com. Uh, every day, I speak on Chicago radio uh with a report about ukraine that we posted all on that website ukrainianfreedomnews.com so yeah if you want to support us you can click the donation link there and help us keep going we're all volunteers well we've got to stay connected this this once every two weeks thing has got to stop we got to be doing this even more than what we're doing yeah arrow i like it when you just call me out of the blue because you never know where i'll be or you know what's going on like a crazy night like tonight so just call me anytime and we'll talk all right man will you be safe and you be brilliant okay thank you sir you as well appreciate it man thank you sir